This is exactly right. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We have to help our children of all ages know to discern and like, is this good for your mental health to see these images? And helping kids realize that there are things you see that we see that you cannot unsee. So I think these conversations are really important about what are you engaging with? How do you feel after you engage with this type of um, information versus that type of information? What type of information do you find actually makes you laugh and feel good or um, uplifts you? Um, and what kind of information actually depletes you, makes you scared, impacts your sleep, causes anxiety? Happy 2024, Parent Footprint listeners. You're listening to the first Sitting Down with Dr. Dan bonus episode of the new year. And I am joined today by our podcast producer, Laura, to answer your questions. Every month, as you know, we answer your questions through Facebook, X, Instagram, or emailing us at podcast at drdanpeters.com. Laura, Happy New Year. How's it going so far? Hi, Dan. Happy 2024. I cannot believe January is almost over. This episode will air next week, which is the last week of the month. And I'm just going to say I'm cold. So you <laughs> yeah. know I'm in the Northeast. I'm on the you East Coast. You are cold. Dan yes. Is on the West yes. Coast. And um, as timing would have it, once again, we're in the middle of kind of a snow and ice storm situation. And I'm freezing. So yes. Other than and that... It's great, but I, I, my weather preferences are all California, Southern California. <laughs> Southern, I was going to say, you know, being in Northern California, it is, um, it's all relative, right? It's Southern, much yeah. I'm, I'm colder talking rain, but nothing like you guys have it and all our listeners in the South and the Midwest. And we know that there has been a lot of very um, intense weather. So definitely. I was chuckling warm. The, um, oh, sorry. I was chuckling the other day because as you know, I am a day one murderino and i was listening to one of the the new 2024 episodes and karen and georgia were talking about how cold it was and they said people <laughs> are gonna write in and get mad because we're freezing and it's the 60s but right i yes. was like ladies i'm with you so again you yes. know <laughs> it's all relative it is. where we are yeah so yeah we have a lot to talk about today yes and before we do your your year's off to a good start 
Um, yes, off to a good start. I am um, excited for adventure, possibilities, newness, and um, really leaning into the unknown. Like we never know exactly what's going to happen and we have to put our thinking brains aside. Our, our those, those meaning-making machines where we're always like, oh, well, then this happens and this happens and, you know, we do all these patterning and leaning more into the power of possibility and who knows what's to come. Oh, I love that. I'm going to think about that and maybe meditate on that or when I go on a jog because I, I love to pick a word to start the new year and mm. I haven't settled on one yet. So oh, okay. It for might me. come to you. Yeah. Last year, my word was edit, just kind of editing down things in life, hmm. whether it's too much stuff, too long of a to-do list, things like that. But I haven't found my 2024 That's, word yet. And that has a, what, a couple meanings, though, because you are uh, you are the book lady as well. So when I think of edit, it, it has multiple. Um, maybe I'm supposed to write multiple a meetings yeah, <laughs> in my spare time. Or yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of things and words. Um, I'm excited because we have a great episode for our listeners today. It's a little bit different because Parent Footprint fans have been writing in and asking about trends or predictions or what we might see in 2024. And so that led me to sleuthing around a bit on the internet. Which you are very good at. I love yes, doing that. Yes. And um, so I want to anchor our episode today in an article that is also our main source. It's a today.com article from January 12th. Um, it was posted at 12, 13 p.m. Eastern by the writer Rosalie Colosi. And the title is, Here are the seven parenting trends you'll see more of in 2024. I will include that link in our show notes because everyone's going to want to read it. And I also found a few other articles that I will mention a little bit later. So we have questions based on the article, listeners, and just some kind of internal dialoguing. So the first one is very aligned with a lot of work we do on the podcast around the topic of gentle parenting, which Dan has spoken about on our episodes, in our bonus episodes. And most recently, he, Dr. Dan, was a guest on um, the NPR station KQED in California. And the whole show was about gentle parenting. So I will link to that as well. But the trend and question is, what can you tell us about gentle-ish parenting? Mm -hmm. the ish being yeah. the new thing. Yeah. I, I really like this a lot because it's actually where I, where I fall. And I will explain this um, in terms of recommending to, to parents because sticking wholeheartedly to an approach is really hard, like 100% pure. And that's actually what this, um, the KQED forum episode was about with gentle parenting, because there was research coming out and people were writing in about how exhausting it is to be a quote, gentle parent. And so just for a little bit of definition, so we all are on the same page of what we're talking about. So gentle parenting is the idea where we are interested in why our kids are behaving the way they are, like what they're, why they're acting a certain way, why they're upset. It's actually built on a lot of empathy and respect and relationship. And you, you're really, instead of just focusing on the behavior and punishment and consequences, you're really trying to help the child 
understand themselves while you understand them and model your own behavior of regulating your behavior, um, being mindful of your behavior. And so the whole idea is if you can do it and you can teach your child to do it and you teach your child it's okay to have emotions and we can work through this stuff and there is still boundaries and limits and natural consequences as part of this, which is a uh, one of the like sort of myths that it doesn't include that and the bad rap that gentle parenting gets is that, oh yeah, you just let your kids walk all over you and it's all about their emotions and their emotions rule. That's, that's not accurate. However, doing all of what I just said, 24 hours a day, getting up in the morning with little kids and getting them out of bed and getting them to school, going to the grocery store, getting them bathed, doing homework, taking them places. If you have multiple siblings, if you're a single parent, like all of this. So the whole point was it's exhausting. And then parents, some parents feel really guilty. So, and, and like, oh, I'm just not doing it well enough and I'm not being a good enough parent. And I yelled at my kid and all of these really natural things that happen to us when we're in our daily lives, our right. own lives, and then our parenting lives. So gentle-ish parenting is now this sort of like kickback a little bit, which is like, okay, we like the whole approach overall about, you know, helping our kids become more emotionally aware and trying to understand what's going on for them and setting boundaries. But the the, the gentlest part is like, yeah, I kind of still like being in charge. And I still kind of like, you know, sometimes it's just, you know what, I'm the parent, this is how it's going to go. And so it's really this sort of like step back into, I want to be in control and not feel like my child is in control all the time. And again, I will argue that gentle parenting is not meant for the child to be in control. It's just when people are trying to be pure, then we start to second guess ourselves. Oh, I'm raising my voice. I'm being short. Um, I, I, you know, I don't have time right now to understand why they're doing that. I just need to get in the car and get to work, get them to school. And that's all real. So I like this idea of gentle-ish parenting, which like, think about the, the spirit, the values, the concepts of gentle parenting and know that every once in a while, like you're still going to be the parent and you're still going to do what you need to do. Right, right, and right. I am a fan of gentle parenting. I'm now a bigger fan of gentle-ish parenting. <laughs> yeah. And you know that was a great explanation, that episode you did on forum. I learned a lot just from listening to that and I can apply that even to my college-age kids. And my big takeaway from all of this is getting a little bit of the pressure off the parents. Mm -hmm. this perfectionism that we yes. hold ourselves to, even in our parenting methods. That, you know, right. one thing that's maybe not part of the complete recipe of how you are supposed to be in every single situation is not going to derail your great parenting. So yes, yes, this, this sounds like reality, which. We all need a little more of. I think, you know, we're just seeing these things on social media that set these standards, you know, beyond superhuman uh, capacity. Totally. So I think these are all good guiding principles. And then we have to be real and we have to be uh, like, take it easy on ourselves, <laughs> you know, forgive ourselves. And they're aspirational. They really, they, like, they really are aspirational. And when we think about the larger umbrella of this parenting movement within that gentle parenting is in. It's the positive parenting. It's the mindful parenting. It's the conscious parent. There's lots of, there's lots of names. And so what we always talk, right. And what yeah. we talk about on our show all the time is being 
an aware parent, like having self-awareness, having self-awareness about who we are, how we got here, how do we parent? Why do we parent that way? What did we like? What do we not like how we were parented? Are we doing what we want to do? Or is some of our history coming into this? How do we shift? How do we apologize when we've lost it, yelled, you know, kind of just to, to reconnect model that, you know, we're human too. And just to be constantly striving to be that best version. But we're human and we're only going to do the best we can. Okay. You've all heard it here first. I think, and I'm, I'm saying this without joking. I really think maybe we need to look into putting forward this idea of aware parenting. I mean, it's something we always talk about, but it incorporates so much. So we're going to revisit that listeners. We need a new term. We need a whole new (laughs) parenting. Offline this with Dr. Dan, but I think we're going to start in the producer publicist in me, but we're on to something listeners. Okay. You heard it here. You heard it here first. And this this just kind of goes beautifully into number two on our list today. Question for Dr. Dan um, that, you know, I think everyone is also going to be nodding their heads at. Have you heard about the trend of inch stones instead of milestones? And before you answer, I'm just going to insert a little tidbit here. One of our recent guests um, is to- uh, was Tova Klein. And she is kind of a toddler expert as well as a parenting expert. And she can speak to many issues. But Part of her work over the years has been to encourage parents to celebrate tiny moments and accomplishments. Um, so how can we benefit from this? And yeah, you know, yeah. This is yeah. yeah. Being I, present. Like this is this feels is great like a Dr. Dan thing. This is great. Well. Yes. And Dr. Tova is an awesome person. So definitely um that was a recent episode that yes. was re- recently out. So everyone check that out. She is She's just such I'll a cool person it. and has so such a wealth of experience from her lab um, that she's been doing for decades. Okay, so this is where we all really should be because in our it seems like modern day society, there's so for so long now, it's just been such a push towards achievement. You know, like on your, you know, either on your um, car or those that you know, like my child is an honor roll student and. Um, all this, you know, my child made the gold cheer team or the platinum soccer team. Like there's just so, and I'm not trying to be, I know, I know it's like, I'm not trying to, we're not judging. Yeah. Not judging. It's like, it's like our society has become so achievement oriented and many of us know and read about the pressures that, um, prospective college students are under with applications and the grind of trying to just build their resume. It's all this go, go, go. What did you do? These big, big accolades. And gosh, life isn't like that. And so what Dr. Tova talks about with these little inches is these just little day-to-day growth. Like someone, a child says their first word, a child uses the bathroom the child regulates themselves when they usually would flip out when they dropped something or spilled something or were embarrassed. Um, your child like says something nice to their sibling and you just celebrate that. Like these little itty bitty milestones. And particularly um, for those of us who have kids with um, neurodivergence and have some differences 
the milestones can look different and they can be, um, you know, waiting for the big ones. They don't come in the same way. And some of these, this heroic steps towards, wow, you just learned to read that sentence. Um, and you can comprehend it, or you're getting this spelling or you're understanding your math facts or, you know, like, it's like these, this, these are the things to celebrate and again, now going back to some other theories about um, process or, you know, Carol Dweck versus process oriented versus outcome oriented or fixed mindset. We're wanting to celebrate effort, not just outcome, right? We don't want kids to think they're, they're meaningful and valuable if they, just if they do something or achieve something. It's really about the effort of, of trying to accomplish something. And another thought that I have, Laura, I know I'm on a little rant here. Another this thought is, that this I old yeah. Dr. Dan advice. I'm soaking I just, it up. I just found this uh, in our um, where we keep some of our uh, plates and dishes that we don't use very often. I found the red plate that some of you people of our generation might remember the you are special red plate. I don't know if this is like a total like 70s, 80s thing. So I somehow was, I, I got the one that was in our family and I just, we haven't used it. I showed my wife. I'm like, we got to bring this thing out. I remember that my mom would just surprise my brother or I, and every once in a while we'd sit down for dinner and one of us had the red plate that said, you are special. And it was because of something that happened that day or something. And it was as a child, it like felt so good to have the you are special plate. And I just, so I just think of that about how do we help our kids feel special for doing these little acts that are important or meeting these little milestones, which really is what life is made of, not just these big things that come at the end of a long season or come because you are um, become president of your class. Like those things are all really important. However, life happens on a day-to-day -day basis. That was beautiful. And I'm just, I, I, I'm getting a little verklempt over the red plate. I just love that so much. And I can't add much to that, except that I can speak from the point of view of a special needs parent. And for our family, it's taught us, you know, with twins, which is even more of kind of a, an intense dynamic, that it really is these special small moments that deserve our recognition, root us in the present. And I mean, life, you know, I always say it's the small stuff that really matters. Even when you grow up and you're big, like us adults, that is just kind of like the small thing, a great sunset or a wonderful walk, a moment with your dog, um, reconnecting with a friend, having mm -hmm. an email yeah. land successfully in your job. So yes. this, this is yes. just lovely. I know it's not brand new, but I think rolling it out in a more um, deliberate way in 2024 feels yes. timely and good. It's very timely. And I'm going to send you, uh, remind me, I'm going to send you a picture of the um, You Are Special plate so we can post it. Um, and and we can, let's, let's bring back the You Are, let's, let's bring back the You Are Special movement. Let's do it. So <laughs> yeah. between aware parenting and Man, the You Are Special movement, watch out internet. Man, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening here. Dr. Dan and Parent yeah, Footprint yeah, are going yeah, viral. Yeah, yeah, well, everyone yeah, always yeah. wants more of Dr. Dan. So that that's one of my 2024 <laughs> resolutions is just, you know, we get them all the time, but we want to give our listeners even more. So, um, okay. So let's just circle back for a minute to this great today.com article. And of course, everyone knows today.com is today show NBC. 
Um, so this makes me laugh every time I hear it. I've heard it before I read this article. It's in the article, seeing it in print. I've struggled with it myself, but the article talks about the phenomena of sharenting, which is mm-hmm. a lot of parent sharing. So Dr. Dan, do you have advice for how much parents should share about their children online? I'm going to add in that there's AI, there's chat GPT, tech changes all the time. What some parents shared 10, 20 years ago is different how parents of younger kids are sharing now. There's more knowledge about the digital footprint, but right. really and truly sharenting is a thing. And so yeah. can you help us navigate that a little bit through I can try. ages? <laughs> yeah, we, um, I mean, we are in an experiment and we have been in an experiment. And as we, as AI comes on strong and more so it seems weekly, this is this is again another new um, moment in human history that we are grappling with. So I remember, gosh, now you know with COVID time, it's time is sort of elusive. But I'm almost thinking it's more than five years ago, but maybe less than ten years ago. There was a teenager who sued her parents for posting pictures about her. Right, like this is when it kind of all started, um, and I believe she won. Um, I don't remember the legal basis, but it was basically like this. You can't do this. This is my life. You can't share it. And so that really um, put a lot of momentum into this conversation. And that was all I mean, and now we have more social media technology than we had back then, which is highly visual based. And then when we think of all the influencers who are out there who are making lots and lots of money sharing just like filming their lives and often there are many who are filming their lives of their young children um, and then you're seeing your children grow and so the question the one of the questions is at what point does your child should your child have a choice to be in the public and then if and within that what type of content is okay you know so like a little toddler taking a bath Maybe, you know, older people swimming in bathing suits of, of, of that, that seem to get smaller and smaller these days. Um, I don't know, you know, like how old's your child? Would your child care? I know in the article it said, um, here's a litmus test. Imagine the picture you're posting on a billboard off of the highway and would your child be comfortable with it? Which I thought was is a really interesting. Yeah, that, like, that's a yikes. To, I mean, it is right? because there's you're putting out there. Yeah, there's You're a feeling putting, of ownership, I think, and I'm going to let you keep right. going, but up through a certain age, but then be, because kids become aware and then they start getting their social media, I feel like that's where you're getting into rough seas a little bit. Would you agree? I, I would agree. I would agree. And then we're also modeling for them what boundaries are about what you post, what's personal, what's not personal. And um, I think it's it's a good conversation to have with your kids when you feel they're at the age to participate, whatever that age is, based on your child's um, chronological, developmental, mat- emotional maturity level. Um, I also think back when I would write and when I would give talks, when our kids were young, I talked about my experiences and them quite a bit as part of as part of the messaging that I was. Um, trying to come across, I uh, wanted to get across. And then as they got older, 
my wife and I would talk about like, should I be putting this out there? Should I be talking about this? Should and and the answer was like less and less and less and less, and to be really respectful. And then at times I would say to the kids, hey, I have there's a couple stories that I tell that people find helpful. Let me tell you to, t- to see if you are comfortable with me sharing this to these parents that I'm going to be speaking to or writing it in this, um, this blog or this article. And um, I thought that was a really ended up being a good process because there were times they're like, yeah, I really don't feel comfortable with that. And other times they'd be like, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. So I, I think if we're being mindful, we're just being aware that it, it's kind of that, um, gosh, um, Gibran a famous poem that our kids are not ours. Like they come through us. Right. Um, and it's this question of, are they ours? Are they our property to just post out without their permission? And at what age does it become that they should have informed consent, as we say in the mental health and um, medical field of like consent to what is going to happen before it just happens to them? So I, I'm, I'm not going to like pretend to know the exact ages. I think it's more of a conversation and an awareness and to be really, um, you know, protective of your kids because it gets really clear when our kids are teenagers and they have social media and we have lost control and we're worried about what they're posting, particularly with the pressure of the certain types of posts and pictures that teenagers uh, get these days. So I think it starts early with having with thinking about this and what's okay and what's not okay. And um, instead of just doing it because everyone else does it, think about it. I agree. And I want to tie this back to some of the philosophy around our parent footprint with Dr. Dan work, which is we have to look at ourselves first as well. You know, what what is the incentive for what may be some oversharing? Um, and, you know, how are we kind of dealing with our own? opinions and decisions around social media and sharing or oversharing and then what are we modeling for our children and that it's really up to each individual and each family to set boundaries but you know it's a slippery slope and yeah. mm-hmm. i agree it'd be really hard to pick an age but i know from my own experience that different conversations with our son versus our daughter but you know there got to be a point Kind of in our journey of parenting, where even putting in maybe one of these accolades of winning an award or National Honor Society or something like that in the local paper or trying to highlight it, you know, if it was coming from us and there was a choice versus maybe the school doing an announcement, we allowed our daughter to be part of that conversation and mm-hmm. what was her comfort level and who owned that right. And yes. ultimately, Again, it wasn't a certain age. It was just more of an awareness and timing and and a move towards respect and trust. And then even on the flip side, using some of my experience anecdotally as a special needs parent, we also very much have a buy-in from our son about what he does and does not want us to share. And if I am tempted to share now that, you know, my children are both, you know, well past their teens and into young adulthood. Um, that is a conversation I have, even if I'm contemplating putting something on my private Facebook page that's really reserved for friends and family. I am getting an okay. Is it all right if I post this photo from maybe an event or a school function or even you know a college thing for our daughter? 
and mm-hmm. they have opinions and I love yeah. that I'm asking and I yeah. have to remind myself to do that sometimes, but I do see more and more oversharing just as I'm looking at the mm-hmm. more that there is in the tech world to do the more sharing there is. And we're going to end our question today talking about kind of the newest du jour platform, which is TikTok, which mm-hmm. just, you know, almost requires oversharing. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll leave that as our last stop on this, yeah. this tour of 2024 predictions. And, yes. you know, what can we look on the horizon and see that we do or don't want to do in our own parenting journeys? So I sleuthed around a bit more and there's a website called purewow.com have they have great stuff about parenting and many other types of categories one of their articles which i will link to in our episode notes um talks about in 2024 there is a parenting trend we might see called benign neglect and <laughs> i think part of the reason this ended up on their radar was uh, there had been an interview with the actress and super mom, Jennifer Garner, and she was on the Today Show. And she was talking about different things in her parenting journey and that little catchphrase, benign neglect. And what in the world is that? Should we yeah. be doing it? Should we not be doing it? Have you even heard about it, Dr. Dan? And is it well, okay I ha- for me to- yeah. Yeah, this is great. Yes, this is great. And um, I so I hadn't heard this like new term as a term. um, But the idea has been, um, of course, around for a while, especially in response to the over parenting, helicoptering, snowplow parenting, all of the different types of parenting these days, which seems to uh, consist of a extra dose of um attention doing for <laughs> checking in um and social media is a lot of our uh, technology is a part of this too where you're constantly facetiming and snapchatting and texting dming your child and um if you just look on college tours you see um, kids walking from one class to another, and particularly the you can see the younger, p- perhaps freshmen who are talking to a parent from one class to another, right? Just to get them through. It's just really common these days, and so um, there is a been a, a, a big movement and a concern that this over parenting, this too much, is actually it's not good for kids' development because they're not learning enough on their own to be on their own to take care of themselves to comfort themselves and it's not good for parents again done in extreme because you're just you need to have your own life you need to like you need to have time to have your own life and model having your own life and another like side related aspect to this is when you look at the lives of the most prolific creative people just about everyone had a ton of time on their own, either by design or by neglect, like legit neglect. But it was that time that allowed time for thinking, time for problem solving, time to discover oneself, time to discover the world. And so, so many of um, our parent generation, those of us who are in our uh, 50s, is, you know, we all remember... Um, summer days would hit, we'd be out with the sun up and we'd be back at the sundown. 
And there was no communication unless you came home maybe for a snack or lunch. I mean, again, so this might be a little idyllic, but I think this was a lot of people's experiences. And nowadays, you're, everyone's being tracked, right? Um, and, you know, some people, like they literally track. Other people are like, well, it's just in case of an emergency. But the bottom line is people are tracked. People are texting. people. So I love this idea because it's, again, a nod. This kind of goes back to gentle-ish parenting. It's a mm -hmm. nod back to a little bit of more of what would be like traditional parenting, which is like, you know, you got this, you could take care of yourself. I'm busy. I'm busy right now. Like you take, you know, you take care of it. I'll talk to you a little later. Or instead of checking on your child every five minutes, you know what? Let them be for a while. Right. So I love, and I think the way that uh, Jennifer Gardner, of course, phrases it. And we all know from the media, like she seems like a very involved and wonderful and thoughtful person and parent, I think this is great. Like to think about, yeah, permission to let your child suffer a little bit. And I'm using the small s suffering, not like big physical pain, not abuse, but like, yeah, this is humanity. And guess what? Who's taking care of us when we get older? Like we suffer, we have to deal with stuff. We get left alone. Our phone dies and we have to figure it out. How do we start our kids learning about themselves and learning about life and not meeting their, if you meet their need immediately at all times, think about the patterning that you're doing to a child's expectations and tolerance for uncertainty, ambiguity, discomfort. We're not giving them an opportunity to develop any of that. And it's our jobs to help them develop all of those things in order to be resilient in life. Essential, really. I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm nodding my head the entire time, and I, I, I really, I struggle with how I see this, you know, in family, friends, colleagues, and and just you know, in general, when I'm reading about parenting trends, because mm -hmm. our kids are always connected, and there there really is somebody there somehow on the other side of a screen that can always be reached and solve a mm -hmm. problem or, you know, and maybe it's not even a parent, but I do think independence, self-knowledge, being bored sometimes. Right. We can't really give our kids the life skills they need if we don't give them this space, especially as they get older. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this and is I one that, right. And, you know, hearing you address this topic I think the phrase benign neglect is you could almost sort of chuckle at that too. Like, you, you know, you might when you hear sharenting, but in fact, it's a really serious thing that, yeah. we, um, you know, I think as much as parents need advice on how to parent our kids these days and in 2024 and in modern times, we parents also, I think, need more advice than ever on what we should be doing. Because totally. I think it's very totally. confusing and maybe more yeah. than ever, all of these things coming at different directions, you know, on our radar, all these names and phrases and trends, mm -hmm. I think um, we're learning right alongside with our children. Oh, for sure. And, you know, when you just said again, the term benign neglect, I realized like it's a term used to make a point, like Jennifer's using it to make a point in the sense that 
first of all, what we're talking about isn't even neglect. The reason it's being called neglect, in my opinion, is because of how overboard what is what has become the normal expectation of being a good parent seems like it's being like there all the time, always connected, always helping, always anticipating. And so yeah. then the idea of benign neglect, so the idea of neglect, it's like we're neglecting our kid by giving them some space. So again, I just love the term because it makes the point, but I also want to highlight, we're not even talking about neglect. We're actually talking about letting them figure some stuff out on their own, giving them some time and you having a life of your own within this life as well. Right. And in some ways, right. It's moderation and it's yes. parenting yeah. checking itself. And, you know, as you were just chatting, I, I had a moment of a memory, which is, um, I won't name specific groups, but I've been in some of the college parenting groups online. So mm -hmm. if you have a child in college right now, there are all sorts of great branded parenting groups that are an extension of your child's college or university. And a lot of them live on Facebook. And the phenomena that I have been seeing lately is, I mean, it, it has left me speechless, meaning right. it is parents asking questions about the menu at the dining hall and their child doesn't like the mayonnaise in that chicken salad. And what can the parent do to contact dining services to get this option for their son or daughter? And there, lately, there um, a lot of colleges are in the middle of Greek life rush. And there are parents, you know, all ages, all everything. And a thread I've been seeing lately is parents trying to control the rush process for the sorority or fraternity that their child <laughs> wants to be in and having uh, outrage and basically wanting to go to the school and meet with the frats or sororities to say, you know, you really should take my child and here right. is why. And I've never seen that level before, you know, so it, it is yeah. check yourself because parents need to maybe get a little more going on in their own lives that um, allows them yeah. to forget about the nuances of whether it's the menu at the cafeteria or rush week or yes, I don't know. My kid can't get into the laundry room because it's closed at a certain time. Well, what, you know, how about we yes. let son or daughter problem solve? They're 21 years old. I mean, this is again, not yes. judging and not knowing all the circumstances, but um, yes, one thing yes. that yes. 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 <laughs> yes. listeners might not. Yes know that have younger children that, you know, small kids, small problems, bigger kids, bigger problems that, um, this helicoptering and this insertion of mom or dad yes. to save the day, even when you're across the country, it, yeah. I observe that it's getting worse. I mean, nobody should be managing the menu choices and mayonnaises at their kids cafeteria no. in college. No, no, it's just a no, no, no. Two things here. Caveat is, um, and there might be different ways to do this, is we do know that when um, students have a like deadly food allergy, that needs to be taken care of. Correct. And that would be taken care of not on a Facebook. That would be taken care of with the cafeteria people. And that is something that schools do for people yes. that have that kind of Good health point. issue. Absolutely. The other thing I want to say is, so you were talking about for young parents to think about, yeah, think about this because this is what's ahead. And I'm also thinking about, parents out there who have their kids in college or high school and you're finding yourself being like, Oh man, maybe I'm doing a little bit of this. Um, 
we have been there too. So this is, the, again, this, so this is not for judgment. This happens as a result of our own worries about our kids being in faraway places. It happens in response to our kids um, having an emotional difficult time and us wanting to help because we've done that most of their life. Um, mm -hmm. It happens because we're just worried and we have our own worry and anxiety. And again, back to the aware parent understands, tries to understand where this is coming from and then tries to assess, is this working? Should I do it differently? And then tries to make some modifications. And absolutely, this is back to this possibility. Every day is a new day. Like every day is a new day to try something a little different. And we've all been in this situation before. Absolutely. And I'm the first to raise my hand about having some mm -hmm. habits that I need to check myself on. So I will agree. This is not judgment. This is more of self-awareness and then me just observing the levels mm -hmm. of what I'm seeing and the domino effect of how that might um, then influence another parent's behavior thinking, well, I'm seeing this person do that. Maybe I should be doing that. And instead right. of maybe jumping on that trend, thinking a little bit more about, right, if there is no issue with food safety or allergies, or again, right. I'm a special needs parent, so I get it. There could be things that truly with our neurodiverse population of students, there needs to be help. I'm really, truly talking about, you know, if it were happening in your own kitchen and somebody was, you know, throwing a tantrum because you had this kind of mayonnaise and not the other one. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. how would you maybe handle that? Like, great. All right, let's put right. it on the list for the grocery store next time. But we're not going to, you know, try to go out in the middle of the night and find your preferred mayonnaise um, during a mm -hmm. blizzard. Like, it's just, yes. that's kind of where I'm going with it. So, um, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm going to do one more a Greek comment because you mentioned the sororities. And I'm sure, I don't know if it's fraternities as well, but I will say whether it's a sorority, a fraternity, or another type of club, try to think about it this way. We know that there's so much pressure and there's so much disappointment, and we know that the systems of selection are far from ideal, to put it mildly. Just try to remember, you really don't want your child to be in a group that doesn't want them on their own. Like if you have to interfere, mm -hmm. if you have to get involved, if you have to like, I just would question that whole system. And um, sometimes the places we think that we want to get into are not the places that are best for us. That's great. That is great, great, great advice. So as we are wrapping up the episode, let's just spend a couple of minutes talking about TikTok. And this is a question I've seen in different ways, um, even throughout the fall. I don't know how we really want to anchor this one. I feel like it seems to be more geared towards younger children because it's involving the parents. But Dr. Dan, do you think TikTok is safe for kids? Um, how mm. should parents be handling TikTok? I mean, yeah, this is a big, this is a bit, I mean, <laughs> uh, this is a really big question. Yeah. Um, TikTok is mixed. First of all, we've learned, got some of the greatest ideas through our kids from TikToks, like whether it's like something for a cat a cleaning a technique. I mean, it's like, there's so yes. much yes. amazing information out there that is actually really fun and harmless. And there are different, um, there's different information, which is, which is not that helpful for kids. Um, I mean, let me put it this way. There are trends for kids these days, teenagers these days to diagnose themselves based on a lot of stuff that they're seeing about different mental health issues. So on the one hand, it can give information that is not helpful. 
On the other hand, it can give information that a child says, oh my gosh, I think this is me. And then a child reaches out because they think that this is something that they didn't understand about themselves, which maybe could help them understand about themselves. So I say it's a total mixed bag. It's a complete mixed bag. It seems like TikTok is here to stay. Um, it is now also an entertainment source, right? There's people that put out some really funny, funny stuff. We like all social media and technologies. Um, we just we need to be aware. Um, and this is a you know our next show that we're going to be um, recording is digital detox and tech addiction. So this will be a follow up when that comes out. Yes, um, we have to just we have to be aware. All the research shows that parents need to be mindful. And when kids are young, the the advice is to keep your kids off of social media as long as possible for their long term health, regardless of the platform. Like it's, it's very clear, the huge study, it's very clear. Keep your kids off social media as long as possible. Now, we all know that's difficult to do, but that's the aspiration. And then it's talking to your kids about the content they're watching. Um, you know, just conversations with our young adults with the um, Hamas-Israel war that is going on. The stuff that is out there to view is very disturbing. And we have to help our children of all ages know to discern and like, is this something? I know you want to be informed. I know you care. Is this good for your mental health to see these images? And helping kids realize that there are things you see that we see that you cannot unsee. True. You just can't unsee them. So I think these conversations are really important about. What are you engaging with? How do you feel after you engage with this type of um, information versus that type of information? What type of information do you find actually makes you laugh and feel good or um, uplifts you? Um, and what kind of information actually depletes you, makes you scared, impacts your sleep, causes anxiety? And so I think just TikTok is just another one of those platforms, which is becoming, as or has become, one of the most popular ones that is highly, um, it's just, it's a part of the fabric of our kids' lives. So we must be aware. Back to aware parenting. You know, everyone stay tuned for our new yeah. TikTok Hashtag platform. Aware parenting. Aware parenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's really, it is. Oh, yeah, it's all coming. about being I've aware. I've already taken notes. Yeah. But um, okay. yes, I agree with all of this. I'm nodding my head. You all can't yeah. see me, but yeah. it, TikTok is here to stay. There's going to be a new thing to replace TikTok or be alongside TikTok. This is right. our reality. The Laura advice here, which is trial and error. Um, when our kids were getting into TikTok and they were younger or another platform, the thing that helped the most was checking it out ourselves. So TikTok is confusing to some people that maybe are a little bit older or just I'm done. I only like Instagram, but you can make an account. Anyone can make an account. Check it out. See what it's all about. Knowledge is power. It's a total cliche, but I know that at every step of the way, everything that our twins were wanting to look at, we looked at too. And some things I still don't understand, like Snapchat, but I at least got there and looked at it and saw how it was being used. So I do think that um, educating yourself can get rid of some of the mystery and some of the fear. And yes, be an aware parent. Be an aware parent, people. Okay. <laughs> That's it for today, Dan. That's this it. was a great one. We could have talked another this hour. This was fun. I loved how you set this thing up today. This was really fun. Thanks. Yeah. The listeners love it. Yeah. 
All right, everyone. Well, this concludes sitting down with Dr. Dan January 2024 as we set out for our new year of adventure, wonder, possibility. Remember that in any given moment, anything is possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. You guys know what we do every Thursday. We drop a new show, A Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. And the last Tuesday of each month, we do these, which is sitting down with Dr. Dan. Follow us at at Parent Footprint Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and on X at Dr. Dan Peters. Thank you for your five-star reviews. Thank you for bringing your awesome people into our community. We have the best community. And um, for more information, you know where to find our parent company and supporters exactly right.com or on our website drdampeters.com laura thanks for another great one and thank you all you know what i'm going to ask you to do be that person you want your child to become and ask yourself that guiding question what footprint do you want to leave This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Mountain Spring High, composed and performed by Gabriel Lewis. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com.